0: Hey everyone, this is Matt Walsh. I'm very excited to uh, that you get to hear this latest episode of Backstage. This was a special event for the Daily Wire because we're celebrating our newly released film, Shut In. You can join me, Ben Shapiro, Andrew Clavin, Michael Knowles, and the God King Jeremy Boring as we discuss the Joe Rogan debacle, cancel culture, and share our insights on our fantastic new film. Take a listen.
1: Laugh in three, two. <laughs> oh. I like that Matt can't even fake laugh. Nope. Joyless scold. Tonight's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't like big tech and the government spying on you? Neither do we. Head over to expressvpn.com/backstage. Joining us tonight, well, you know everybody: Ben, Andrew, Matt. Michael, me, Jeremy, the God King, the lowly, lowly guy who calls himself a God King. For tonight's show, Daily Wire members can ask us questions in the chat box over at dailywire.com and we will answer them. I mean, we say that every time, we rarely (laughs) do, do. but I promise we're going to try. If you haven't heard yet, Daily Wire is fulfilling our promise tonight of bringing entertainment that's actually, you know, entertaining, which is why we're very excited that you're joining us tonight. And we would love for you to join us after the show for the original, uh, for the streaming premiere of our first original production, Shut In. The film is a tale of redemption amid an intense and suspenseful thriller that delivers riveting action without missing a beat. And if you weren't planning on tuning in, I hope you are now. Again, that'll happen right after the show tonight. It's gonna be on the Daily Wire channel as well. For uh, all of you YouTube subscribers out there, head over to the Daily Wire YouTube channel after the show. Keep your eye on the countdown at the bottom of the screen. Click the link in the description to join the premiere to make sure you catch the film and a few other sneak peeks of what we've got in store for you throughout the rest of the year. Guys, it's a new day. It's a new week. Change is in the air. I would like to come out and say that I fully favor masking our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that <laughs> vaccine should be mandated for all. And I, my hope is that the entire right wing will change their narrative on this as quickly as the mainstream media seems to have <laughs> in the last 72 hours. If you did, you would only be following the data
2: and the science. If you shifted, <laughs> they would only be following the data and, and the science. Um, <laughs> Can I just say, I'm, I'm not sure what frustrates me more, the fact that they are claiming credit while changing or the fact yeah. that some of them are not even changing. Right? Honestly, like, I'm having a tough time with this. Like Some of them are like, well, you know, like the CDC, well, we'll just stick to our guns here. We still have to mask the children. It's very important. And to a certain extent, I have to say, okay, well, at least they're committed to the lie. Like, they're just going to stick with this thing all the way through. And then you have the people who have told a new lie. And I think I find the new lie even more despicable because the new lie is that yes, yes, we're releasing our grip upon the throats of the American people, and yes, we're finally allowing some children to unmask, but it's only because we always wanted to, guys. We yep. always wanted exactly. to, and now <laughs> the data have changed, and we've been following the science, and, and honestly, it's because of you guys that it's lasted this long. Because if you had followed the science like us, we wouldn't have had to do it this long. But you know I the, 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 the real reason... Nothing
1: changes like science. That's, no, that's what I've <laughs> always the, said.
3: The real reason why they need to get rid of all the masks now is you can't smoke crack with a mask on, so <laughs> if you want to put the pipe in, you've got <laughs> to take what, the what mask I, off. What I, what I as we as now you. have to to
4: thank the truck fudo movement in Canada. <laughs> we now have to be nice to Canadians because that that's obviously one of the things they're looking at their poll numbers. Yeah. but they're also thinking those trucks come here. It's not going to be a pretty sight. We're going to have yeah. supply side problems out the out the wazoo. Truckers and,
1: are officially the only Canadians that I support. That, exactly, okay. but but
2: they seem to be everybody. everybody By the way, out there, you know. I'm just yeah. going to point out here that under no circumstances do I believe that Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son. Hundred <laughs> percent, do not believe. No, of course not. They, oh, no. they, they don't look alike. Yeah. No, young no, they Fidel don't. Castro and Justin Trudeau. His mom was definitely not in Cuba when she was in Cuba. About eight and a half months before. With a certain
3: reputation. With Certainly a, didn't have that. None of that opinion. happened.
2: He's definitely not related to Fidel Castro, and, right. and all. Rumors, to the contrary, are scurrilous
4: and mm-hmm. baseless and So is he just channeling Castro?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I said on Twitter, he's the bastard son of Castro either way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is astonishing to, to Hakeem Jeffries. Did you see this oh. Hakeem Jeffries, that was going around? <laughs> yeah. uh, the Democratic congressman from New York, who, yes. who is yes. thought by many to be the heir apparent to Nancy Pelosi should she you mm. know, not be the, the speaker anymore. Uh, and, and he actually gave a quote where he said, that we can finally unmask and let go of all this, because after all, Joe Biden has has won. Joe Biden has achieved victory over COVID, and largely that's because of the American Rescue Plan. If it had not been for the American Rescue Plan and Joe Biden's intervention, then we would all still be masking up forever. And all I wanted to do at that moment was reach through the television and commit acts that would get me thrown in jail. Except I'd be in New York, so I'd be okay, probably. But I, I, there's no bail. I mean, the difference right is, there. Though.
4: This, this is the part of politics I like, the line and open corruption where you just <laughs> if, you, if you believe this, you deserve everything you get. And right. As for me, it's high comedy, you know, it's high comedy to watch a guy. He basically said, he basically said, we lick this disease. I mean, this virus has done exactly what every virus that has ever existed on the face of the earth. It peaks, it goes away. It has nothing to do with anything they've done.
1: Yeah, and well, I mean, the joke of it is by their standard, it isn't going away. The actual <laughs> hospitalization right. and death rates are higher They're today higher than now. they were when LA re implemented. Uh, all of its lockdown policy. I, I,
4: I sent a shout-out to you. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I
1: did. I know it hurt you. I, it <laughs> I did. You it, it was, I,
4: I ripped it out of my side, like, you know, <laughs> it uh, out of my kidney. But it, it is. It did, because you were so right about the sh- shutdown. And Dennis Prager, too, he said it was the worst mistake anyone had ever made. I thought, well, World War One. I, I still think World War I was a little <laughs> worse. You know? Up
0: there, at <laughs> so, least. But well, what, what shows you how, how evil this is, of course, we know this is not unrelated to 2022 in the, in the yeah. midterm elections, if I got engaged in conspiracy theories, but... Um, <laughs> When, when children started killing themselves in record numbers, like yeah. that, that, was, that was not enough. In fact, that was happening for a year, and uh, if you brought that up, I mean, I went and spoke at a, at, a, at a school board meeting here in Nashville, and I brought up this problem of the psychological effects of masks, and that was still at a time when people would, would laugh at you for, what do you mean, psychological effects of masking? And, of course, now we can talk about that. But kids were killing themselves at record numbers for a year. But and that was not
4: goods over the Ambassador Bridge. So right,
0: right, that. exactly. But
3: there, there is this aspect, the dishonesty, the incompetence, the lies. That's very annoying. The gaslighting is genuinely infuriating. Yeah, the yeah. fact that you um, uh, just picking at random here, Fauci and Walensky, they come out, they say, and Biden, for that matter. They say the vaccine will stop you from getting infected or transmitting the virus. They will do that. Then they come out later, they say, actually, the vaccine won't do that. Then they come out later, they say, we never told you. Right. We never That's told the, you that, that is, it would yeah. do that. But they it, did it They did it. it with the crack pipes. They <laughs> yeah. said, we here's safe yeah. smoking kits, which include crack pipes. There are pictures all over the internet <laughs> yeah. of it. And especially for black people. And especially. You
2: know what these liars do? The and blood. it really is, it's, it's gaslighting of the highest order. So Leanna Wen, who's been the lockdown, masking, crazy <laughs> yes, person this entire pandemic. Three weeks ago, she was literally asking whether we got to lock the unvaccinated in their homes. I mean, this is something she was saying three weeks ago so she came out with this column in the washington post where she said well you know there's really three groups in america there are the people who are pro-mask there are the people who are anti-mask and then there are those of us who follow the data Mm -hmm. and you know 2020 is not the same as 2022 and it's like, well, you know, there was this intervening period between 2020 <laughs> right. yeah. and 2022. Because I think at the very beginning, nobody knew what to do with this thing. Right? At the very beginning, they were saying, you got to lock down because we literally didn't know who was going to kill. It could kill kids. It could kill normal, you know, people who are 40. It could kill people who are 70. Then within two months, we knew that it was mainly killing people who are highly vulnerable and or elderly. We knew this within the first six weeks of the disease's course in the United States because we had seen this happen in Italy already. And then that data was clear. And so people started saying, well, maybe we should shield the most vulnerable and allow everybody else to live uh, a freer life. And then there was still some debate over, okay, what if you infect somebody who's old, then the vaccines hit. And at that point, we were done. Not one piece of data has changed since the vaccines became widely available. The vaccines prevent hospitalization and death for the vast, vast, vast majority of people who take them. And they do not prevent transmission. And we have known this for months. And when it comes to Omicron, we have known that these masks do absolutely nothing. And yet, and like again,
1: all this—not just not just, not just with Omicron—that's the one thing I'll even I'll even Delta, by the way. We knew that the masks were meaningless from the very, 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 very beginning. We we glommed onto masks, and the government glommed onto masks because they were desperate for any kind of ornamentation, any yeah. kind of symbol, any symbol, yeah, a symbol that we're fighting back against it. They knew before anyone had ever conceived of COVID. We knew what cloth masks do and don't do. You remember all of the I wear my mask to protect you, you wear your yeah, mask yeah, yeah. to protect me. Right. That's if you use the mask precisely, which also no one does. If you've been in a grocery store in the last two and a half years, two years, you know that when someone who is masked sneezes, they remove their mask. (laughs) Of course they do, because it would be disgusting to sneeze into your mask and then have, you know, snot in your face. It's also, of course, they do, because they don't wear their mask to protect you. At this point, if you are wearing a mask, it's either because of coercion or because you have been or so yeah. yes, delusion that you are so yeah. fearful that you do believe that the mask is protecting you from my germs, to, which is not science. And to me, that's the part that's offensive
4: because watching politicians lie amuses me. That is actually what sure, I get for yeah, laughs, yeah. you know. But making me lie, I don't like that yeah. so much. And I, I really mm-hmm. feel that this has become part of the culture of America. It's like I you know, Matt says a man can't become a woman. I would never say that, of course, but Matt says it. Yeah, and you know, it, and, and, yeah. it's like you get you get penalized for that. You come out and you say, you know, I think this Hunter Biden may be corrupt. They throw you off Twitter. I mean, it is the truth. It literally the truth that is being defined as misinformation. That's right. Any truth they don't like. And if you what, read their fact checks, was, many of lie. the
1: fact checks will say, this is accurate, this is accurate, <laughs> yes. this is accurate, this is accurate. Five False.
0: you know, this, <laughs> is,
2: this is the biggest, I think the biggest lie of all, like the master lie here when it comes to this sort of stuff, is that they ban conversations, or they put critical race theory in the schools, or they put gender ide- identity <coughs> garbage in the schools. They do all this stuff, and then when you call them on it, they say, we're not doing it, we're not doing it, yeah. but... We should be doing it. And if we yeah. are doing it, it's good that it's happening. Yeah. And they tell these, they, they say right. these things simultaneously with a straight face. And that's the part that's driving everybody up Dr. the wall. Fauci. Because that is true gaslighting. Simultaneously saying we are not doing X and also we are doing X and it's good that we're doing X. These are mutually exclusive arguments. And they that's will right. say these things in the same sentence right. on all of these topics. Yeah. On all of them. We're not saying that you should mask forever. But if we were saying you'd mask forever, then that would probably be a good
0: thing. We should keep in mind, too, that the <laughs> government is... Yeah, they're they're not going to shut down COVID, and they realize that. But uh, they've moved on to bigger fish now because now Biden is going to uh, end cancer. He's yes, promised so. that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> the transportation secretary is going to stop all traffic deaths mm-hmm. within yeah. the next oh, few years. He's announced yeah. that as well. So
1: they're <clears throat> masking. If someone relies on you for financial support, whether it's a child, <laughs> an aging parent, or even a business partner, you need life insurance. I should have emphasized. Even if it's your business partner, because I have a life insurance policy on my business partner, that guy right there. And where did I get it? PolicyGenius.com. You should do the same thing. Insurance typically gets more expensive as you age. It's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later. And it's your responsibility to think about who's going to provide for those who depend on you even after you plot. That's why PolicyGenius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance that you need. Simply head over to PolicyGenius.com and answer a few questions. In just minutes, guys, you can compare personalized quotes from the top companies and find the lowest price for you. You can save 50% or more on life insurance just by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Their team of licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for the best policy uh, that you can choose. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. This is really the important part. I think I've told you guys before, I got a policy for my wife and I when we were going through the process of adopting our daughter. It was at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Everyone in the world was locked down except me. This is the honest to God truth. I never for one day didn't go to the office. But, you know, I let let some of the peons who work for me not go so that they wouldn't infect me uh, with their disease. Uh, I went to work. My wife was at the office with me. And we went to Policy Genius. We shopped for great life insurance because we were thinking for the first time about our responsibility to this child who we were going to be responsible for. And I didn't know how will this work. The experts at Policy Genius took care of everything, even at the height of the pandemic, the earliest days of the pandemic. They were able to find healthcare professionals to come and screen us for our life insurance policies to get everything taken care of for us, and to do it at an amazing rate. So head over to PolicyGenius.com today to get your free life insurance quote and see how much money you could save. PolicyGenius.com. Quick note, I'm I'm very proud that um, plots.
2: Has now <laughs> time. I took it from you. I know I you did. So, this me. is, I'm not attempting to convert anyone except Drew back to Judaism. Um, <laughs> all, all, all the rest of you guys uh, are safe, but, but I do wish to inject a couple of Yiddish words into yep. common use. Yep. Plots is one. Shtup is the other one that you guys got to do. Shtup is a great word. Shtup is a great word. It just is.
1: And Shtup is what we have been, uh, uh, have Jeff been Zucker. doing to us. I wasn't going uh, to
0: get to Jeff Zucker quite that fast. Can I just say that while we're getting rid of the masking and people are coming to their senses about it, um, it makes it all the more frustrating that the one place in the country where you still have to wear the mask all the time, and we'll probably have to yeah. always wear the mask, is, is the, the one, safest place. Is the one place where you never, where there's never any good reason to wear it, which of course right. is on airplanes. So yeah. you know, I've been, we've all been doing a lot of traveling. I've been traveling a lot over the last few weeks, and I'm just, I, I get angrier and angrier every time I get on a yes. plane because yeah. Yeah. this is so. It's so, everyone and it gives the involved, petty authoritarians such exactly. pleasure. They're it, it, so happy about it. You know, like Everybody involved in it knows that there's no reason to be doing this, and there never was a good reason. You know what I've ahead. noticed,
3: though? What I've noticed on these, it's not airline dependent. It's not day of the week dependent. It's flight attendant dependent. Yeah. It's flight yes. attendant, it, and it depends where the flight attendants are based. Yeah. So it, <laughs> And if they happen to be based, actually. Because <laughs> if you're flying from Texas to Tennessee, you're fine. I'm no joke. I went on one. The stewardess was wearing a mesh mask, actual like <laughs> you know leggings. I, on her I face.
4: did this. Yeah. I got. I went out and got myself. I found out that cloth mask specifically. I went out and got myself a really fancy cloth mask. It's kind of gauzy because I think if, I, if they're going to force me to wear a mask, I want them to know it's not going <laughs> to do a damn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm sick, I'm going to. I kill actually you. spray COVID <laughs> on the outside of the mask before I get on the plane. Go
0: <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, it was. It was. All, it was only a few weeks ago that I was on a plane and uh, <laughs> I got yelled at by the flight attendant because because I was, I was eating without a mask on, which, of course, how can you <laughs> do them both at the same time? But she explained to me that, no, sir, when you, when you, when you eat, you need to just lower the mask and have it over your chin, yeah. and then eat. you can't take it all the way off, <coughs> because the the oh, I got, fumes
2: can come out of your I, chin. I, 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 like I got, I, I got worse. I, got, I was eating popcorn on the plane, as I'm wont to do, and the flight attendant came by, and she said that I had to mask up between bites. Yeah. Which have you? I mean, when you eat popcorn, that's like that's sort of like half extreme. a second, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Between bites, it's like, oh yes, you you've saved the universe. Well done. <laughs> but it really is. it. it there, I, I wonder if there's going to. I really think there will be a certain percentage of the population,
3: maybe ten percent of the population, that will continue wearing masks forever. Yeah. Right? Because, well, did, because did you, you see the see study today. for a, no. a YouGov economist study just came out. Thirty. No, who knows? Take it with a grain of salt, if you will. Thirty-eight percent of people say that they still today. Wear masks every time
1: they go outside. Wow! They're lying. They're lying. They're, they're lying, true.
2: right? It's yeah, yeah. not true. Yeah, you know you and
1: around. nine only nine out of ten men masturbate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you walk around. One percent. One percent are damn filthy liars. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you walk around D.C. and everybody's masked except me. Outdoors, are you serious? Outdoors. Still, everybody, everybody outside. Everybody. Yeah. everybody outdoors. Everybody's masked. Do they know? Do,
1: wait, do they of... know what outside is? <laughs>
4: no. You know do
2: what, They honestly, know they're outside. Is, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a great way to screen who you want to hang out with. Yeah. Like really, like at this point. At this point, if you're still wearing a mask consistently and you're not immunocompromised in some serious way, in which case, like, if you're you're really (coughs) immunocompromised, you should probably wear a mask, like, before this, after this, for all time.
1: And only an N95 mask. Right, only an N95, not a cloth cloth mask.
2: mask. But if you're not in that category and you're masking up at this point, I feel like I don't really want to hang out with you. I agree. Really? Like, you seem kind of paranoid and... Well, that's
1: actually, that's actually what the mask is about. I think we should be open about it. In, in places like DC, there are people who are still afraid. Why wouldn't they be? It's the biggest onslaught of government and media behind a narrative in, in probably all of human history. Yeah. Uh, but most of it is actually about who you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Most of it is a kind of tribal mm-hmm. recognition. If you're wearing the mask, you're one of us. If you're not wearing the mask, you actually deserve to die. That's that is the actual narrative what yeah, that it undergirds what the does narrative. What Say
4: about you if you feel that way. If you feel that you, you should die if you don't wear, wear a mask. When what a mask is is a useless piece of fear-mongering that has made you slave a slave to the government. It's basically saying if you are a bad boy, if you're not going to listen to the authorities, I don't want to know you. What kind of attitude is that for an American? When is an American ever listen to the
2: authorities? Well, I mean, no, it's just it's a That's religious her. adherence tool. And all religions require you to make certain sacrifices on behalf of the religion <laughs> yep. to, deter, to, to show that you are a member of that religion. I mean, I wear a yarmulke to do this, to demonstrate that I'm a Jew, for example. And, and Christians go to church on a regular basis, and they hang out in the Christian community specifically for this purpose. You have to have skin in the game. Yeah, the yeah. skin in the game when it comes to the religion of government can't be taxes because everybody pays taxes. It has to be something else. And it has to be a particularly useless sac- sacrifice. It cannot be a useful sacrifice. If it were useful, we'd all be doing it. Yep. They have to pick okay. something useless in order to demonstrate fealty, To the cause. I mean, this is really like behind a lot of theory of religion and religious practice lies this basic idea. But there are certain things that you do and you don't know why you do them. But you do them really because it's a group building exercise. You know, the Mm -hmm. most
3: popular day of the year in the Catholic Church is Ash Wednesday. More than Christmas, more than Easter. People (laughs) who never show up to Mass, don't have the sacraments, they show up because you get the ashes on your head and you feel like you're in the club and people are searching huh. for the, meaning the the in outward belonging. display.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was going to say Ben, I don't know where you got the idea that Christians go to church, but <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a rumor. Misinformation. I, <laughs> yeah, the, the most frustrating thing to me with the masking is when we when we hear people say now that we we've learned things about it and so maybe that will change our approach. There was someone on the view, I think it's the uh, it was supposed to be the conservative woman on the view a few weeks ago who said that she's going to continue wearing a mask because of what she's learned about masking, what we've all learned. <laughs> so what, what have we learned about masks exactly? I always knew that masks existed. I always knew that germs existed. Yeah. I always knew the basic idea of why you wear a mask. So what exactly has anyone learned about, about masks? I did learn really some about things about the Holocaust on The View the, the last couple of months. <laughs> it's <projects>. probably <laughs> as valuable
1: as what I learned about the masks. The,
4: the mask show. works for Michael Myers in those movies. <laughs> I <didn't know> <laughs> <that. Yeah.
1: laughs> I, I think that you're right. We, the only thing we've learned about the masks that we didn't know is how ineffective they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably before COVID, I had not thought about the efficacy of a mask. And I probably would have guessed, no, oh, it's probably pretty useful uh, in in a respiratory pandemic to wear a cloth mask. And as it turns out, it's not. Yeah. That's the only thing we've learned. It's not. But you, you literally you couldn't, couldn't say it, just say it for just a
2: year.
4: drooling into your wounds. You, you, could you could
2: literally, you, you couldn't say it for a year. If you said it, they would be, I mean, we still have this thing that is now on my show. It's almost every day. If I talk about COVID, because of the big tech overlords and because... They have decided what you can and cannot say. There's an actual cut into my show, yeah, yeah. In, in the YouTube version of my show, where I have to say every single day, guys, stop and head on over to dailywire.com and subscribe right now, because I'm about to say something true about COVID. And if yeah. I say something true about COVID, there's a very good shot that it's going to be taken down. So if you want the full
3: version, you have to go over to Daily you know, this, is what's wow. this is why they're going after Rogan, right? I mean, this is yep. what they do. This is what's important, actually, about the crack pipe story. It's why I keep mm-hmm. coming back to it, also, because I'm jonesing. But with the crack <laughs> pipe story, it, what they said on Snopes was, Here's the claim. Here's what's true about the claim. Everything. Here's what's false about the claim. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so we rate this mostly false. And you look at that and you say, how can you do that with a straight face? What's the point of this ridiculous article, Snopes? Here's the point. Snopes is a fact checker partnered with Big Tech. And with that mostly false rating, anytime any of us point out the Biden policy was what it was, we will be censored right. for that. We will be suppressed. Free you can share the free Beacon link. Yeah, they that's started, right.
2: Facebook stopped you from sharing the free beacon link on an overtly true story. But the, the good news is, but, and they've been doing this all along, right? I mean, you remember the, the other Hunter Biden story, not the crack pipe Biden story. Like the other one with the Biden and, and crack pipe. <laughs> yes. You remember that one from from right before the election when they were removing all of, of the stories. Yep. Well, I mean, one, one of the things that, that has become perfectly apparent from big tech is that this is the end goal. They have created a false fact-checking system specifically to ding people they do not like. Yep. Yeah. and this is the Rogan story, right? I mean, the the misinformation stuff about Rogan had nothing to do with misinformation. It has to do with the fact they hate Rogan because Rogan said a couple of years ago during the election that Biden was senile. Ever since then, they've been very angry at him. They're very angry that Rogan hosts people like me or hosts people like Jordan Peterson. That's that's verboten. And so they went after they went after Rogan, and you know, I, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. And so this is why, you know, we used to we here at the Daily Wire we we used to have a, a pretty anti-cancel culture view, and we we still do. But there is one addendum. If you are a participant in the cancel culture, you should be canceled beyond
4: yeah. all redemption. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't quite understand that. What is the exception here? The
2: exception is if you are a member of the mob and you mob other people and then you and, can, then, you, and then you sin and the mob yeah. comes after you,
3: I am more than happy so to, to paraphrase is, Chesterton. There is a, a thought that cancels thought, yeah. and that is the only thought that ought to be canceled. But, but this, is, this is the thing that really bothers me now about cancel culture
4: is we're, we're getting this—it's You, it's the normal thing that the left does where they're saying, well, right— wink there's right wing cancel culture and there's left wing culture. Cancel culture. There is zero right wing cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is an outgrowth of the left strategy of defending the indefensible by calling you names. That's what it is. It's a, it's a <laughs> strategy. Everything they've ever done has failed. Everything socialists have ever done has failed. And so what they do is they say, well, if you don't agree with us, you're racist, and nobody wants to be called. The cancel business.
0: culture is also cancel culture is also through the the institutions. Right. Yeah. That's that's right. how you get canceled. That's right. And that's why. And that's also why cancel culture is only on the left. Because the left owns right. all the con- all the institutions, right. but, and the right, we don't as much what as they we would love can- to. We, and, w-
2: we, and what they call cancel culture is like when we say we don't want you to indoctrinate my child into believing that. Th- th-
4: like, th- that's people. right. That's and then fact. they'll be
2: like, well, well, we'll pass a law saying don't do that, like they're doing in Florida, and they'll be like, how dare you, sir? This is canceling the teachers. You're violating the teachers' freedom. Well, I I didn't delegate my child to some teacher, so the teacher can (laughs) teach them that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. There's a whole article in the Washington Post about this supposedly don't say gay bill, which is exactly not what this bill is in Florida. It's amazing. The operative provision of that bill is two paragraphs long. It's very easy to read. It's in plain English. And what the bill basically says is you are not allowed to teach about sexual orientation or gender identity in a non-age appropriate way to, to five primary school kids, right, kids, kids K through three. Yeah. K through three. It's not even up until fifth grade. It's, right. it's, it's By the way, grade. I would back this level one K through 12. I would, because here's my feeling about this. I did not delegate my kids to you at any point 100%. for you to teach this garbage to my children. And so Greg Sargent over at the Washington Post, he writes this entire article, he says, well, you know, this, this makes teachers very nervous. It makes them feel on edge. And I said on my show, I don't know a group of people in America. I want to be more on edge than teachers. Right. <laughs> I want them yeah. to be on edge. I'm, I'm delegating honest. to you the most precious asset that is in my control, my children, you should be on edge. Yeah. You should feel like your job is on the line You're every time you teach my kids. Yeah. Yes, I want you to feel any moment that the trap door could go out from under you yeah, yeah. and you could be fed to the and, alligators. And, I want
4: you to feel that way. And now that we know that there are a bunch of Marxist racist wackos, like we should be watching them double time. I have to say, I have to congratulate the left on the don't say gay thing. They're so good at this. They instantaneously brand things with this very... Repeatable name that makes it sound like it's hateful. Well, they have two things going in their favor.
1: One, they use marketing, and we don't use marketing. On, right. on the right, uh, the sixteen nineteen project. That I guarantee you, a marketing, uh, yeah. a marketing agency came. Ogilvy
3: or something. Right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't say gay. There. And then the other thing is that they're so good because they control all the institutions. At in less than a day, they can ensure that whatever mm-hmm. they they've created in their marketing agency is ubiquitous. Yeah. Right. And so it, we're, on the right, we end up being victims of it. So we, we in the same way that atheists have to affirm God every time they say what they are, because the word <laughs> contains <laughs> theist right in it, right? Um, on the right, we almost exclusively talk about these issues while affirming the the broad structures of the left's created narrative. We,
4: we all say COVID. We all say COVID instead of the Chinese virus.
1: Well, and worse than that, right. we say tested positive when we get it. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm not COVID feeling well. Positive. What happened? I uh, tested positive. Really, for tested positive is a reference to AIDS. Yeah. At a time when AIDS mm. was a death sentence. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Why do we use the term tested yeah. positive? Yeah. And why or, do we the, test ourselves if we have And, why, but, <laughs> and, and, and I'll, I'll go one step further. Even on things you, yeah. you brought up, Joe Rogan, and you brought up the the misinformation Correct. stuff. All of their objections or no objections. Yeah. That story was something like 270. Uh, uh, medical professionals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sign letter condemning right. Joe Rogan. And we all reported on and it. They, keep, it. And we keep repeating and, it, too. And we keep saying and what that's point like zero 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 one percent of medical professionals in the country. He was also dentists. It, when, we were, right. it, dentists when we talk about it, there were nobody's. Yeah. A, a more proper headline would have been statistically no medical
0: professionals. <laughs> <laughs> sign letter condemning Joe Rogan. Yes, yes.
1: But right, we right. but we grant them all these premises.
0: Yeah. And we're also uh, always about about three or four decades behind. Yeah. Um, behind the left, and that's and that's. So we talk about gender ideology or what's going on in the schools. Well, this what this is all a direct outgrowth of compre- of what they used to call comprehensive sex education, mm-hmm. which has been in the school system since like the fifties and sixties. And uh, there's always been people, some people on the right who, who've criticized cr- comprehensive sex education. But for a long time, up until recently, that you were considered kind of like a, a puritan, a prudish. But this, the moment that we granted to the government education system, this is right the the right to talk to our kids not about the biology of sex but about the about their own ideas of the morality the the morality of sex the the moment we we we, uh gave that we ceded that ground to the government then all of this stuff was going to follow behind because what ever since comprehensive sex education came along what what we are doing now is that government employees are the teachers they're talking to kids about not just the birds and the bees this is how babies are made but this is the right time to have sex you know these are the attitudes you should have about sex Why would you ever want a government employee to talk to your kid about it? You know,
4: to to that point, right now, the move is to uh, justify and normalize uh, adult child sex. Yeah. and and we're not taking it seriously, and we don't see it coming, but it's obviously coming. It's their next move, and it's like it's what they're pushing. And this time, you know, this time the guy gets thrown out of school. This time the guy gets fired. Next time he won't get fired. Next time it'll be like suddenly a, an editorial in the New York Times. You know, well, man, child. Uh, you know, the draw, the appeal is not.
2: No, they'll set the predicate. So they, they, what, what they'll set the predicate for is they will say children have. They won't call them children let will say young adults yeah. have, have the power to make autonomous decisions. We know the science with regard to gender. And kids can choose their own gender as, as young as the age of three. Yeah. And we know that kids need to have Life destroying surgery and hormonal treatment yeah. by fifteen to prevent puberty from fully setting in, and those kids are capable of making those decisions. How can you possibly say a fifteen year old is of capable of making those actually, decisions, but is actually, not actually, capable of having sex? with and, the and how can
3: you? How can you?
2: It actually. By goes the way, it is better. logically consistent. It is. I mean, if That's you're right. making the argument that fifteen so, year olds oh, can chop a, a yeah. penis off and yeah. turn it into a gaping wound, right. and, and that this is going to be treated by society as an as an overt good, it's going to be treated by society as a positive step. On behalf of humanity, if you can, how can you say that? that, that uh, yeah. Right. Then how can you rule out sexual? Identity? I actually think it's a
1: lot. It'll be the easiest one that they ever do, because convincing human beings to deny biological reality cuts against all of human history. Literally, since the beginning chapters of the Bible, he, male and female, he made them. Like yeah, yeah. We, we have understood. Since at least kindergarten, cop in 1995, that boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. This has been this has been part of what every human on earth has ever known. Conversely, for most of human history, adults had sex with children. I'm, <laughs> I'm not suggesting at least it's a y- young
3: adult. Young adults. I'm not
1: suggesting adults. it's a moral good. Yeah. But I am suggesting that like. The, the age of the age of sexual maturity used to probably be about 13 14 years yeah. old yeah yeah in almost every society on earth and those 13 and 14 year olds didn't have sex with other 13 14 year olds they had sex with adults 30 year olds right that's yeah, right yeah, right uh, and so this will be it seems outrageous to us you say we're not even talking about it it seems so far-fetched it's so much less far-fetched yeah of course in the in in the comparative uh,
0: scope anthropology anthropology
1: if yeah, yeah, yeah. then the things they've already convinced us all yeah.
0: You know, Must be. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I hate the, the slippery slope. This is not yeah. a slippery slope because we've actually, we've, we've, we, we, we've got to the bottom of the slope. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we <laughs> leapfrogged all this stuff and now we're just going to go back and cover the bases we, yeah. we, we skipped. Yeah.
4: You know, before the show, I, Knowles and I were talking and we were saying, you know, we now live in a country where we slaughter 3,000 babies a day, where... I have to say, slavery was a grave evil and an offense to God. This is worse. This is of actually course. worse. Three thousand babies a day. We ne- we're mutilating children, as you say. I-, I have gone from praying, "God bless America," to "God remembers." Save if America. you're faithful in the day <laughs> of your wrath. If there were and even I- ten. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, we are, we are really in a bad way. And I, when I talk to young people, when I talk to young people, they don't they don't love America like I do because I remember an America that wasn't doing this. It,
2: stuff. You're living in the wrong place. Man, I mean, I I really like. I'm such a believer in the big sort. I think the big sort is the best thing that's happened. I I, I do too, and I think think if they
4: overturn Roe v. Wade, it'll double time.
2: Yeah, good, good, Uh, really good. Good. This is is, honestly like I felt about the masking rules and about all this. I was like, listen, these are all bad, and I'm glad that more Americans are now living in freedom in blue states. But to a certain extent, I want blue states to govern exactly like blue states govern. and you get to choose to live there, and you get to choose to vote for this garbage. I want red states getting redder. I want blue states getting bluer. And let's see clarity above agreement. Right? I'll, I'll paraphrase my friend Dennis Prager. Clarity be ab- above, above agreement. And then you get to choose how you want to live. Because I can tell yeah. you, people who are living in Tennessee are very proud to be American. People who are living in Florida are very proud to be American. People who are living in Texas are very proud to be American. People who live in, in New York are very proud to be international citizens with global <laughs> perspectives <laughs> yes. on, on the, innate, the, the
1: innate non-difference between men and
4: women. I will agree I, I, that I agree with you 100% on this. I
1: will, I will acknowledge that I find our national anthem painful to, to reflect on today. Yeah. Mm. That, that it's impossible to watch Children being masked. Uh, it's impossible to watch uh, people being driven into poverty and, and despair and government dependency by their jobs being not only shut down, but all the wealth being uh, redistributed to a very small handful of corporations at the government's yeah. express doing. Not With because, no loyalty not, to the nation. Well, not, And not because of they won in some sort of competitive mm-hmm. market environment, but because the government forced it to then sing the land of the free, even... Even freaking uh, uh, Tom Hanks can't with a straight face today say it's the land of the brave. Well, he doesn't say the land of the brave. Which is why he says it's the land of the
3: the brave. The land of the brave. They took out the free because they couldn't say it.
1: Here's a question for Ben. Why didn't our founders give us a process for kicking states out of the union?
2: (laughs) Uh, It it never really occurred to them that (laughs) states would have to be kicked out of the union. What, What the federal government is allowed to do is intervene if certain things are prohibited by the state. So for example, the federal constitution does require that it, the federal government has to guarantee to the state's a Republican form of government. Yeah. So for example, if there's certain basic rights that, that end up being violated to the extent that there is no Republican form of government in the states, then the federal government does have the ability to intervene. But those were very, very narrow powers. And actually the federal government, you know this, this was the battle during the Civil War, and it, it's, which is really separatable into sort of two things. One is, does the federal government have the power to intervene when it comes to things like stopping slavery. And one is, does the federal government have the power to intervene over a vast panoply of issues that don't include slavery? Uh, and and you know, these, are, these are very open questions. You can say on a moral level, the federal government had the power to intervene to stop slavery, and it was the right thing to stop slavery. Uh, and you can also say that as a constitutional question, it was quite open as to, th- there were full-scale constitutional debates from basically inception until the Civil War, about what exactly were the powers of the federal government if the states felt that they were going to go a different direction than the federal government. Was the power to secede present in the Constitution was it a debate that encompassed everybody up to the former vice president of the United States, John C. Calhoun.
1: Hmm. Try and you can read the dissent in our Supreme Court case about the OSHA mandate and see that three of the nine justices currently on the court actually believe that the constraint on the federal government is only what they think is best. Yep. If they think it's best, they should be able to do it. <laughs> Daily Wire members, the chat box is still open. You can submit your questions at dailywire.com. And coming up in just a short amount of time here, we're going to be bringing you the premiere of our original movie, Shut In. The world premiere will be streaming right after this episode, so you'll want to click on the link at the top of the description after our show to join the premiere. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what this means in the teleprompter, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the Helix ad room. <laughs> we well, should definitely talk about Helix. You need, <laughs> to- you need to get more I'm, sleep I'm right? as well. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you the problem with Helix Sleep. Uh, I'm going to tell you the problem with our advertiser. They told me it says riff on Helix Sleep and uh, how everybody on the show has a Helix mattress. Mm. And then I realized, wait, you all have Helix mattresses? It's great, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's great. I love it. They're really nice. Unbelievable.
1: I'm the only guy on the set who hasn't slept on a Helix mattress. (laughs) And then I think about how I make all the money for everybody, and I'm always freaking tired. And you guys come breezing in here rich, happy, satisfied, and well-rested. And I can only assume it's because you have Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else with Helix? You're getting the mattress of Andrew Claven, the mattress of Matt Walsh, the mattress of Michael Knowles, and the mattress of Ben Shapiro. Not our actual
0: mattresses, but yeah.
1: And you will get, <laughs> a, an auction, though. You will get a wonderful night's sleep that has been denied me for too long. <laughs> Everybody is unique, and Helix knows that. That's why they have several different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses that cool you off when you're hot. Mattresses that warm you up when you're cool. They have these great mattresses for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains, even a Helix Plus mattress for plus sized sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress that's right for you, go over to Helix Sleep, take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched with, and the mattress will come right to your door, shipped for free. You never need to go to a mattress store again. Go to helixsleep.com backstage, take their two minute sleep quiz. They'll match a custom mattress right to you, give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. It's unbelievable. They're going to mail you the mattress, and you can sleep on it for 100 nights. If it doesn't work for you, you can send it right back. You never will. Helix Sleep is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash backstage. Head over there right now. I'll be right behind you. (laughs) helixsleep.com. So, what else is there to complain about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> not too much, because it's a very good night, because we're releasing our first original
3: movie. Yeah, absolutely that's right. A, that's that's pretty good stuff. The Biden administration, they can try to get us all to smoke crack or whatever they want. But we're we're not just commenting on it. We're actually creating the culture.
1: Yeah, that's right. I couldn't be more thrilled about the movie. We're going to hear from DJ Caruso, the director of the film, coming up in just a few minutes. And then Dallas Sonier, our producing partner on all of our projects in development right now, will be joining us. But it really is a huge night. Uh... We get to do so many incredibly fun things in our jobs, right? I mean, just that Helix ad alone. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We, we get to work with uh, great people. We get to be a part of historic events, as with the OSHA uh, mandate case. We we actually get to feel um, like we're participating in the democracy. I actually know that a lot of people are very depressed by what's going on in the country. And people ask me all the time, how how do you live in this news environment and not get depressed? How do you get out of bed in the morning? And the answer is, I'm I'm in the fight. Yep. And win or lose, we're expending that's our right. best right. uh, in defense of what we believe. And that's rejuvenating and and, and uh, enlivening. Also, we get to make a freaking movie. Yeah. right? <laughs> we, we get to do the thing that our, our mentor, Andrew Breitbart, always said that politics is downstream of the culture. And he used to say, you know, one of these days, someone in our space is going to have to get upstream of the political and do something. And because of our DailyWire.com members, uh, we've been put in a place where we get to do get to do it yeah, it really is a dream come it's through. funny
4: i see i see conservatives on social media sometimes ragging on us you know like yeah. for, for making movies and, and things and i just think like no you're missing the whole point i mean this is this is celebration time this
0: is, the, right. best. They're, they're this is the best they're addicted to losing things. some conservatives love i think they they're I so agree. used to losing that they I agree. They, they cling on to they, it they've gotten used to it yeah i agree
1: one of the things that was important to Ben and I at the onset was to make movies that people want to see <laughs> instead of movies that people want to want to see. Hmm. And it, yeah. it occurred to me recently that art is the only place where conservatives don't believe in meritocracy. Yeah. Like yeah. we, we our entire worldview is premised on work hard, excel, do better, and rise. And when it comes time to make art or entertainment, we're like, forget everything we just yeah. said, Yeah, yeah. Uh, just...
4: That was, this, that was that was pretty good. This, yeah, how, yeah what, right you know, I have to say, this is uh, not to get too intellectual. This is part of the Protestant ethos from the very beginning, from the Reformation, was that things should be art. Art is a snare and a delusion, yeah. and it should have a good message. And the message would be better just said directly. And that, yeah. that was very right after Luther nailed the ninety-five theses on the wall. That was like basically what Protestants. No, Plato thought. was kind of. Uh, well, Plato was yeah, but not too happy about it either. But but seriously, this this is a thing
2: that. Has, has leaked into well, it's a, But it's a unique moment because I was, I was thinking about this a lot the other day yeah. that, that virtually all great art is in some way subversive. Yes. It has to be subversive of something because it good. has to comment on something. Art is a medium where you're commenting on the thing that you're, yes. that you're observing. And I think that for a long time it was hard for conservatives to make great art absent being Solzhenitsyn in the Soviet Union yeah. or absent living under East German Stasi rule or something. And now the truth is that when it comes to the culture we are losing. And so that actually offers us a couple of opportunities. One, to make actual great art that, that I think is a commentary on, on the world that we live in. Um, but second to, to there's, there's no market for this. I mean, Jeremy, you and I started talking about making movies together before we talked about doing any other sort of business together. We That's literally, right. when we, like our very first conversation was this. It was a conversation hooked up by, at that time, our friend Mark Masters over at uh, Talk Radio Network. Mm-hmm. I was working over there and he had wanted to do some movies and he said, well, Ben, you know movies and Jeremy, you know movies, you guys should, should talk. This was back in, it would have been 2010 probably. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and our very first conversation was about this and you were doing something called Declaration Entertainment which was a support-driven Entertainment idea. The idea was people were going to essentially donate money to you or through, invest- subscriptions. through subscriptions in order to make movies. And the time wasn't ripe. And the, the reason that the time wasn't ripe is because Hollywood, as much as they hated Americans, was still making movies that Americans actually wanted to see. Yeah. Right? That was still at a time when things like Return of the King could win Best Picture and Dark Knight could be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And, and now, Hollywood so overtly hates our guts yeah, that's that right. you, you cannot name a movie or a TV show where there isn't some sort of sucker punch. You know, we were talking about this the other day. Like, try and name a movie or TV show where there isn't some sort of message directed subversively at traditional values.
1: It's it's literally impossible. Even films that are ostensibly, even films or television shows that are ostensibly conservative. So my favorite example is Captain America in The Last 10 Game. Here's a guy from the 1940s who's a Christian who volunteered underage to go fight (laughs) Nazis, who subjected himself to human experimentation so that we could defeat the Nazis, who gets frozen and comes back, literally wears red, white, and blue and calls himself Captain America. And they had to have him in a scene at the beginning (coughs) of Endgame where he's in a counseling session because of the horrors uh, that the world has endured. And we come to find out through sort of a revelation that the person he's talking to is a married gay man. Now, what is that about? Well, that's about the filmmakers being embarrassed that they've been making a show about a guy called Captain America for the last 20 years. And they need to let you know that he may have... He may come from the 1940s Middle America. He may call himself America. He may he may wear red, red, white, and blue, but he doesn't belong to you. Yeah, you don't get to have him anymore. But and of course, it's not just around sexual ethics that they do this. They're doing it across. Best was Yellowstone. The best was Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Of course, Yellowstone. You've got you've got a, a rancher who believes He's in millionaire rancher uh, who believes in nothing more than his freedom. Right, get off my land. Literally, is his mantra, and he decides that he's going to shack up with a Greenpeace protester and give shock her with the degree to which he believes we've destroyed the earth, it's all for naught. He actually has a line in which he says, I don't think we have 100 years left before God wipes us all out and starts over if he has the heart for it. Uh, It, 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 What are you talking about? So
2: the, The bottom line is that the left, over the course of the last couple of years particularly, has decided that they are going to become what we are currently accusing the right of being. They're only going to make missional movies. Yeah. Right? So for, for years, the left was like, I'll make a good movie, and then the mission will just sort of be there. And now it's like, no, 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 that's not enough. That's not. This is why they're also doing the routine where if you are casting a gay person, the person who's playing it has to be gay. Or if you're
4: yeah. casting and, and a you disabled person, the person has you, to be disabled. You can't have a white couple. You have every couple, every single couple yes. has to be either mixed race or black. And, yeah, and, and you yeah, can't yeah.
2: talk about the problems of, if you ever have a movie about the problems of white people who are not Wildly impoverished. It's yes. a problem. And even if they are wildly impoverished, if you make hillbilly elegy, it's a real problem. And, and because- interestingly,
4: this, you know, when I was in England, this killed the British film industry. That mm-hmm. they, could, they hated four weddings and a funeral. Yes. They said, that's an entertaining film. Oh, yeah, no, we don't want to do that. We want to go do two gay guys <laughs> who are Muslim in a laundrette, you know, because everybody wants to see that. And it just killed it killed their industry, yeah. which had come back because of these great films. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to say about Shut In, uh, about 15 years ago, I went into a hotel i stayed in the penthouse where there was one room at the top of the floor i came in i locked the door i put the chain on the door i took my clothes off i went into the bathroom closed the door went to the bathroom went to open the door and it was locked and there was no button on it the only time i've been in war zones i've been in fist fights, i've been in all <laughs> kinds of it's the only time in my life i ever said to myself don't panic
5: out really? loud out loud <laughs> don't
4: panic. watching this film I'm gonna get you for it.
2: <laughs> I
4: just, I just, PTSD. Yeah, because Andrew
2: Claven uh, walked into that bathroom yeah. with hair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my! It was
4: like a shock of blonde hair. Yeah, it was,
0: it was, it was, Somehow, conservatives still hold on to hope for for a franchise. You know, for some of these uh, yeah. franchises that exist. I, I don't know how they do. Like, for yeah. example. Um, this uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, Amazon yeah. series yeah. and you you still have conservatives oh I hope it's not woke what do you t- of course it's going to be woke it's, <laughs> Amazon good. is making Lord of the Rings what do you think they're going to there is zero chance every like, single yeah. this is what you, you have to understand every single franchise you love is going in this direction it, right. it, it, it cannot go any other direction but that so just, just have and, a we hope. and we foolish. can't
1: afford to buy those uh, fools hope, yeah we can't afford to buy those franchises, so we have to start creating some. Right. Like, if I could do anything, I'd buy Superman to keep him Superman, but I don't, I'm don't. i not a multi-multi-multi-billionaire, so I can't buy Superman, so we've got to create some stuff. And, you know, you, you talk about these very overtly left-wing movies like Don't Look Up or things like that. I got nominated for an Oscar with 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. But I don't mind that. If you want to make an overtly left-wing yes, I, movie, I agree I'm fine with it. It's the sucker punch that I hate. <laughs> it's every conservative in America fell in love with Ted Lasso last year. And you're in the penultimate episode, and Ted Lasso refers to God as a she. That was a that yeah. was a what dishonest is, show. That was a dishonest show from the first frame. Because, what is yeah. the point? The point is to say, Midwestern American football lover doesn't belong to you, Midwesterner. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't share your values.
4: That was, was the whole. That was the whole theme of that show. I said, at the minute it came yep. on, I said, this guy is a fundamentalist Christian. Except they won't let him believe in God. They won't let him not have sex. They won't let him keep his marriage together. Oh, the marriage right. thing was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I mean, I they literally,
2: know. they're like, oh, well, you know what would be best for the kid is if you abandon your child and remain several thousand miles away, never seeing your son. But I, that's, you know, that's just the way modern families work
3: The whole, now. Mo- the whole show More is fine. a lie. Yeah. It's a lie. You know, it's funny with all these shows, though. I mean, I watched a little Yellowstone, but not too much. I watched a little bit of this. A little I never watched the franchises. I just... I just won't do it. I don't I love movies. I grew up watching movies. I love what, But I'm just not going to do it. I, my life is too precious. Right. my time is too short. So what I will do is I will watch old movies and old TV shows. There's plenty of them. I can, I can play those. Or on the rare occasion that there is some movie that I know isn't going to cram some insane, insipid, tedious agenda down my throat, I'll watch it. and I just think, if you, if you give me three shut-ins a year, I'll be happy.
1: I'll okay. get to see yes. some movies, yes. but I'm not going to watch There's Here's a question crap. from a member. Run, hide, fight, shut in, and terror on the prairie all have strong female leads. Was this a coincidence? Will you make a movie with a strong male lead as well? <laughs> uh, we've been getting this question a little bit on, uh, on Twitter, and I'm going to tell you that we have a fourth movie that we're going to surprise everyone with the trailer for later on tonight, and it also has a very strong female lead. Uh, so we're going to be batting four for four, yeah. In 2016. And the we're question, misogynist. I mean. Yeah, we're misogynist. The, the question is why. And the answer is it's very difficult to do what we're doing. Uh, Dallas Sonier has read 400 scripts this year in his search for great content for us. We've interviewed dozens of writers, we've paid many writers, Drew, to develop shows for us. Its v- development is incredibly challenging. It's a lengthy process. You don't always hit the target that you're aiming at. Even when you work with some of the best people out there, you don't always hit the target that you're aiming at. It's a miracle when any movie gets made. Our, our goal over time is to grow up our own, our whole own industry. Not to be dependent on Hollywood really much at all. You know, because obviously they don't, they don't like us over there. Uh, but in the beginning, you have to fish where the fish are. In the beginning, we're sorting through the kinds of scripts that are available. And, the, and we're finding the ones that do have our values in them. We're finding the ones that don't have left-wing sucker punches in them. We're finding the ones that Hollywood won't make. Yeah. Nevertheless, no one has written a script that is perfectly what we might hope that it would be in 15 years because there's been no market for it because Hollywood won't buy it. And so I haven't read, I've read 100 a, a scripts this year probably. 10 of them had male leads and they weren't very good. Well, you, yeah. you know, you get 1,000, if you make 1,000
4: movies, 700 of them can be lousy, but people remember, remember the good ones. If you make that's five right. movies, it's because that's what we can make. You that's know? what and, we can and make. That's, and that, but that's, it's a good thing. It's a positive yeah. thing. It's a thing we should be celebrating every step of the way because
1: it, it's we're climbing out of the pit. That's right. And of course we'll make movies with strong male leads. Um, also, we're so fortunate when we find a piece of content that we believe in, when we find a piece of content that we can make, yeah, we're excited about it. We're thrilled to get to go take a swing at it, and that doesn't mean you, know, you can't just say, well, next, a movie with a male lead, any more than you can say, and next, we'll make a movie with dinosaurs. You have to find it on the page. You have to find the content that you want to make. If you want the best premium cigars at the lowest prices, you should go to Famous Cigar Shop. Famous Cigar Shop is a family-owned business since 1939. Famous Cigar Shop is the largest American-owned online cigar business in the world. Now in their 83rd year, Famous Smoke continues to offer the authentic cigar shop experience. Decades' worth of cigar knowledge, a huge selection of premium cigars, and low prices every cigar enthusiast will love. Famous Smoke Shop offers huge deals on a wide variety of cigars. You can choose from over a thousand different brands, from highly rated classics to everyday smokes. Every purchase is backed by their 30-day Famous Freshness Guarantee, so you know your cigars will ship fast and will be ready to smoke as soon as you get them. Quality, guaranteed. we smoke a lot of cigars. When these guys first reached out and said we'd love to advertise on the show, I said, well, send me some freaking cigars at least. And man, did they. The cigars came in a box. They came fresh. They came fast. Here's an exclusive offer for our listeners. Go to famous-smoke.com and use code BACKSTAGE. You can save $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. Explore their wide range of fresh cigars and accessories by going to famous-smoke.com. There's a wide variety of great gifts, too. And remember to use that code BACKSTAGE for twenty dollars off your purchase of one hundred dollars or more, famous-smoke.com. What I'll say about *Shut In*? It was on the very prestigious blacklist, which is uh, probably the most prestigious list in Hollywood that your script. I know it sounds like the opposite when you think of Hollywood and blacklist. It's you The, think it's about the, the things second best don't thing want. that can happen to you. No? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But being on the blacklist as a script is a great thing. This is one of the five best scripts I've ever read. Uh, the best script I've ever read is by my friend Roderick Taylor. It's called *Goliath the Waits*. It's just an absolute home run. Uh, maybe one day as our as our opportunities increase, we'll be able to make a, a project like that. When I read Melanito's script, I thought, this is 100% for us. In fact, we had to pay a lot of money to get it because the film was set up at New Line. Dallas had found it on the blacklist. He had gotten it a deal at New Line. Big names, Jason Bateman, Nicole Kidman had circled this project. Hmm. COVID happened. The film gets knocked off of the production roster, and that gave us a window where we could swoop in there uh, and pick it up, and we were, I count ourselves very fortunate to have done so. You have to understand, though, that when we do this, even the screenwriter isn't all that happy. Here, she's getting her very first movie ever made. We're honoring her script. Keep in mind, when new Line, I've been telling this story for a week. When New Line had the script, they rewrote it mm. to take the kids out of peril. They didn't want the kids to be in peril sure. because housewives won't watch it, yeah. which then takes away all the stakes in the movie. <laughs> They took away all the Christian symbolism, which you'll see throughout the film tonight, which is critical to the story of her redemption. Yeah, it's,
3: it's the it's sort of the central. It's ethos. the best part. That's of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I they that. they take all of that out because they want to. They homogenize the film. They sanitize mm. the film to make it more broadly appealing, which of course takes away the redemptive message. So you've you've taken away the stakes. Yeah. You've taken away the impetus. The for the transition, and then they took a they took out the villain, <laughs> and I'm not making this up. They replaced the villain with an evil dog. really yes that's That's amazing major major hollywood stars circled this script in a version that had no villain an evil dog no no threat (laughs) so it's a woman in a pantry with an
0: annoying dog outside (laughs) was the 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 dog at least a a pedophile or no 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 no. no. okay Okay. Okay. also the the thing about the female lead thing is that um it's almost a leftist mentality in a weird way if we were to say well now it's time for a movie with a male lead it's like well, let's go through each identity group and make sure they each get, hmm. they each get their, own, their own movie. I think the, the better approach is just what's the best movie and we, we'll make it. But the important point is that we're not saying that, um, you know, this is not a message that we're sending. Oh, the Dems are the real sexists, and so we're going to make a lot of movies with right, female right. leads. I don't think that's the point at all. And the thing I, another thing I like about this movie is that, is that there is, it is a redemptive story. That's another thing that's missing yeah. in most Hollywood movies is a story of real redemption. And especially in cancel culture, graceless society where there's that's no... Right. Forgiveness to have a story where there is actual redemption, and that's the that is in fact the story itself. I think is really important. That's what I liked about it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, there is
0: something else also, which is that we on the right we tend to focus in a lot on the
2: fact that masculinity is under attack because it's one hundred percent under attack. I mean, the left has pretty much attempted to turn men into, I mean, literally in, in many cases into into women. Right. I mean, the idea, yeah, but, yeah, right. But the other thing they've done is they've turned women into men. Right? They, yeah, the, right. the idea from the left is that women, the, your strong female character. Is a is a bare knuckles brawling woman yeah. who can knock a man through a wall and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's not what this and movie is, and
1: don't need no man, right?
2: Yeah, that's not what this movie is oh. at all. I mean, by the way, if, if if Hollywood had actually produced a film like this without the without the. Haunted dog and such. I mean, well, the, the, the movie would be thirty-five seconds long because it, she would get trapped in the pantry, and then she'd bust out her female superpowers, her kick-ass girl power. <laughs> she'd right. bust down the door, and she'd beat everybody up. Right? That, that's, yeah, that's, that's not right. what this film
4: is.
1: Yeah, women are more under attack than men in our culture. I agree. It's I agree. just, it's just that, not think, as overt. Well, because they're, they're attacking they're men, they're attacking
4: men to protect, to, in order yeah. to get to women. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. that's right. Men and uh, I, I observed recently. According to the left, men and women are exactly the same, except that women are much, much better. <laughs> that's basically the new mantra. But, but, but much better at being men. Much better at okay, being
2: So it's, men. it's not that men and women are the same and mu- women are much, much better at being women. That's it's right. men and women are the same and women are better at being men. And what because the, the superpower that women have is the one thing that they are hell bent on removing, which is childbearing, childrearing, right. yeah. marriage, nurturing, you know, all the things that evolutionary
4: biology actually focuses and, in. And <laughs> all the things that, that matter, you know, that's the right. things yes. that Yes, and
1: ultimately matter. that's what Shut In is about, right? Shut In is a story about a mom. Yeah. A not very good mom. Yeah. A mom who thinks that she's a victim of circumstance when in fact she's the victim of all of her own horrible choices. And you open the film, she's not very sympathetic. She is thrust into a position of raising her kids. She didn't choose to be in a position to have to raise these kids. Uh, she had her grandmother raising the kids and her grandmother died. And now she's stuck with these kids that she, by her own admission, didn't want and isn't ready for. And because of the trauma that she suffers, like, like Christ learned faith from what he suffered, Right. We we are we are almost all of us redeemed by suffering. And through her suffering, she becomes a mother. That's the thing that Hollywood doesn't want you to see. That's the reason that they have to yeah. change a movie like this before they can think about making it. They don't want you to see that the the high aspiration of this woman, the high accomplishment of this woman, the thing that actually does redeem her, is that she becomes a mother. That in that way, yes, it's an action film. Yes, it requires the suspension of disbelief. Uh, yes, because it's action-y, she gets involved in some action. Ultimately, though, what it's all in service of, from a storytelling point of view, is the elevation of motherhood. Yep. And to to me, that's why when I read the script, that it, it's in. It's a great script. It's it's terrific writing, uh, but also just that particular theme. I thought if we don't make this, I actually don't think a film like that gets like this gets made. We're going to be bringing the movie to you in just a short time. Remember, we're going to break the feed. But if you're on Daily Wire's YouTube page, as soon as we finish, you'll be able to click on the link in the description, and it will take you to uh, the new feed where uh, the countdown clock will be playing, and, and you'll be able to tune in. We're also going to roll out trailers for uh, the first look teaser trailer of our new film with Gina Carano, Terror on the Prairie, and a new little something-something uh, that we're going to be bringing to you one month from today, and we couldn't be more excited uh, to show it to you. The trailer for that will also be playing. But... For right now, I'd love it if you'd take a look at the trailer for tonight's feature film, Shut In. Lainey, where have you been?
5: Jessica.
1: I can smell the weakness from
2: here. You. you
5: had your way. <laughs> no, stop. Let me out, please. No, you
3: must pay. Don't you touch my kids. You daughter.
4: Your daughter. Very pretty.
2: I'm scared.
1: That's our trailer for Shut In, and it's coming your way in just a short time at eight o'clock right here at Daily Wire. We couldn't be more excited. And we're joined right now by our producing partner and good friend, Dallas Sonier, who produced the film.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, welcome back. We let you out of the pantry just for this. Yes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) We were in there for two weeks straight, and prior to that in 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 the very old house, so it was it was nice to finish the movie and be able to uh, not be so compact. But, yeah, we built the set on a soundstage here in Nashville. Yeah.
1: It's unbelievable, and and we're so thrilled to be able to share the movie with everybody. You've been involved in this project, really, since it appeared on The Blacklist. Tell, you know, most of our uh, Daily Wire members probably don't know much about The Blacklist. Explain right. to us how that whole thing works.
5: The Blacklist is a good thing yeah. uh, now, <laughs> uh, run by a guy named Franklin Leonard, who I've known for over a decade. And it's the best unproduced scripts every year. But then they expanded and they started to allow young unproduced writers to submit their scripts for coverage so they could reach uh, rep, you know, representatives, producers, financiers, things like that. So they send out this, this email every, every week of the best scripts that week that they read. And I deleted every single week. One time, I didn't have a lunch, I didn't have an afternoon full of meetings. I got the email and right there on top it says shut in in the vein of panic room and a quiet place. Hmm. So I read it, and right there on the cover page is the screenwriter's phone number. And I called it, and she answered. And about 24 hours later, I had the script under option. Wow. Was going to just make it in my system and yeah. very, the, the low, very low budget. Uh, uh, but, um, but, but I said, before you do that, why don't we just take a shot at getting you an agent... Right, getting yeah. you in front of the right pe- people in Hollywood. Let's let's try it. And I sent it out, and it just caught fire. Right, CAA, UTA, all these different agencies coming after it. Um, and then uh, the studios started to read it. Another producer started to read it. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I found you know, UTA signs Melanie. A big producer signs the script and takes it into New Line with me attached and her attached. And it sells in a bidding war with Sony, hmm. and then everything went to <laughs> hell and back from there. Yeah, uh, it was just—it was the craziest thing. You know, I, I decided to take sort of a mercenary approach to it, let it happen, right? As long as she, you know, was willing to do the work, and so it just went through this draft and that draft, and it was such a mess, right? We call it development hell, and I just would call her and say, this is just so bad. The second New Line lets this go, we're going to make the original script. And that's what happened. Mm. In fact, they didn't let it go. I took it away from them. (laughs) And uh, Jeremy and Ben read it in an afternoon. They had an evening, but they only took an afternoon. And we emotionally greenlit it on the phone together one day Mm. and You know, 30 days later, we were in Nashville prepping, and 60 days later, we were shooting. Wow. I mean,
1: it couldn't have happened faster.
5: Oh, it was awesome. Yeah.
1: And I'm sorry, we had some technical difficulties. I guess DJ isn't going to be able to join us, but DJ did such an amazing job on this movie. I mean, and a real trooper at an impossible time. Uh, DJ, uh, a very well-known director, huge hits, basically helped create the career of Shia LaBeouf. And at the time that he came out and did this movie, he had another film that was still in post-production, which is Redeeming Love, based on... Uh, a really beloved Christian novel, um, a, a difficult, challenging Christian novel, but a beloved Christian novel. And DJ is one of the only guys now in Hollywood who, in this month, is rolling out two, <laughs> two feature films, you know, which the the amount of work that that guy had to put in
5: it, it, he, he was he was finishing the sound mix mm. and driving to his other premiere, wow, on mm. our movie and then to the next. So yeah, DJ was so great. We sought him out. Yeah, we knew he was a Christian. Uh, we knew he had big studio-level experience, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a common thought that once you make a big movie, you can't go back, mm-hmm. right? You can't make a smaller one. It, you sort of lose that, that mojo. But I, 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 in, in conversing with him, we had a lot of conversations with him. We got a good sense that he was going to hit the commercial beats on a movie like this that we needed because I want this to compete and beat Hollywood. I don't want to just make independent movies or low budget movies or anything like that. I want to. I want to whoop them right. <laughs> and so uh, this this was important. I think in many ways that the first Daily Wire original production had a scope to it, even though the story was contained. Big idea, little box. I think DJ knocked it out of the park. I think some of the camera moves in the in the in the movie are just awesome. Yeah. It, the, it, yeah. the
3: cinematography in
5: particular yeah. is is really yes. incredible. It's it's uh,
3: yeah no it's it's when when yeah. I, I, I've been doing a number of interviews to promote the movie. I don't know why I had nothing to do with making. <laughs> the movie. But I, I've been doing these interviews to promote the movie, and they said so. Tell what can you tell us about it? And I said the thing that no one is going to believe that is actually I've really got to tell yeah. you is that it's a real movie. It's like an actual movie. Yeah.
1: You, you know. Uh, it's not a the Daily Wire made a movie movie. Bingo. That, yeah. It's a yeah. Movie what, what is the
4: release strategy
1: here? Just just so I understand. It. What how are we trying to reach people with yeah. this? movie. Well, the reason we're premiering the movie tonight on YouTube for free as a live stream and what that means is the movie will play the second it's over it's gone from YouTube forever. Gone. Okay. So even if you were to join 15 minutes late you're only going to get the last right? Because one minute and forty, or one hour and forty minutes yeah. in, gone forever behind the Daily Wire uh, paywall. After that, why? Well, the reason it goes behind the Daily Wire paywall is because we we're trying to build the golden goose. If conservatives really want to compete in the media uh, in a major way, we have to own production, yeah. marketing, and distribution. Yeah. Things have changed technologically. For one, we built the Daily Wire, and the Daily Wire is an enormous marketing machine. We team with Dallas Sonier. Dallas Sonier is a fabulous producers. So now we have two out of the three. What's changed technologically, and we saw it so much during COVID, is the, the rise of the SVOD platform. Yep. That w- What Ben and, and Caleb and I were talking about a year ago, or 18 months ago, uh, in the early days of COVID, was SVOD is about to really ascend, and we sort of accidentally built technologically an SVOD platform. We built it to distribute our podcasts, the video versions of our podcasts. But the technology is agnostic as to what the content is. We have a real opportunity. We could put films on this platform, use our marketing engine to promote them, and, and not just release a movie, but actually create an industry. We, we actually have a shot. And everything has to go right. We have to win. The projects have to be great. People have to support them. But if they do, we can build the golden goose. And the golden goose can produce not just a movie. The golden goose can produce movies. That The, the power of the recurring subscription is that you get to, over time, become a Netflix. You get to, over time, become an HBO Max. You get to, over time, become a Disney. That's never been possible before without enormous amounts of institutional capital. So all the people who subscribe to us are actually making this work. Yes, yes, they're the only reason this is happening. And so you might say, well, why put it out for free on YouTube first, what's the point? Well, part of the point is, because people don't believe the Daily Wire can make a movie. Right. So part of it is a brand play that we're saying, look, this is real. You know, this isn't Hillary's hard drive part three or whatever. Like, this is an actual uh, movie. I, I that love that made. film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not we saying we wouldn't make that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there goes my pitch next. <laughs> week. All right. Fine.
1: So, you know, a, as with our podcast, we've always taken a strategy that uh, you have to put content out wide enough that people want to then support the right. endeavor. You know, I think that for us, sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that there's a distinction between mission and value. But what I've come to learn throughout this business in particular is that the mission is part of the value. Mm-hmm. That, that the reason dailywire.com members become dailywire.com members, yes, they want the value of the content that we offer, but they really want the value of the mission itself. They want to be a part of punching back. They want to be a part of the fight. They want to be a part of saying well, good. to the political yeah. left, yeah. no. And they want to be part of saying now to the cultural left,
4: no. Welcome to the party, pal. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that was the original
2: thesis that Jeremy the and I were talking about a decade ago and it just took the technology to to develop right. and the left to move into crazy domains where they don't even make any good movies well, anymore. Well that, that's the, the the market opportunity. The market the opportunity real. is the biggest thing. Sure. Honestly, we turned to each other in the middle of the riots last year and we said, right now, if we just bought up shows about cops, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Just laughs> right. we would make we would make a fortune because yeah. Hollywood literally will not make a movie in which the cops are just the good guys yeah. without some sort of self-flagellating speech about the internalized racism of the police and how they <laughs> had to get beyond it and how the police used to be homophobic but now they're super tolerant and have diversity like actually, equity and They actually brought
1: Brooklyn Nine-Nine back out of cancellation just <laughs> to do a season to apologize for Brooklyn Nine-Nine's wow. existence That's exactly
2: right That's exactly right I mean Dallas you, you've worked obviously inside the Hollywood yeah. machine now you're working well outside the
5: Hollywood machine what, what, What's the difference? Yeah. Well uh, you know keep in mind I made a cop movie with Mel <laughs> <Yep>. Gibson <laughs> called Dragged Across <laughs> Concrete Very not political Yeah <laughs> Yes. Oh, a good movie. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, you know, uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, right when we announced the movie, I got a phone call from Color of Change, right? And they put me through a Maoist struggle session of just, you know, how dare you cast him and how dare you make this? And it was just, it was awesome. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I so enjoyed the conversation. And they really had never run into uh, a, a buzzsaw before who told them, Absolutely not. I'm not changing a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even sent them the script. They <laughs> never wrote me back. They never called me back. Uh, that's, just, that's just impolite. Though. Anyway. Well, yeah. So, so I, uh, you know, it's like all the 16 years I was in L.A. and the seven years uh, since making movies with Jason Sudeikis and Guy Pierce and Thomas Jane and Mel and Vince Vaughn and Kurt Russell – and all of these fa- fantastic actress, uh, actors, I am bringing all of that, all those relationships in the agency world, all of my sort of understanding of how productions are made, but also an incredible chip on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and when I talked to the two of you, you and I meeting originally, and you and I, doing the deal for Run, Hide, Fight originally. I knew I had my tribe. I knew I had my team. And so now I'm evangelizing this to all the filmmakers out there, and I want to build this bigger. I don't want to be the only producer because I can't be on that many sets at the same time. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
5: So this is an opportunity of a lifetime for a guy like me, but also I'm just so happy to have this opportunity and have these relationships with you guys it, Hollywood is in the rear view mirror so far for me. I don't even remember. By the way, I think
2: one of one of the cool things is that you know some some of the people that we're working with. We know these people are just going to be blockbuster stars, sure. and there is this oh, yeah. stigma that attaches to working with you know a conservative outlet yeah. like the Daily Wire. But that stigma is just it's not true. Correct. it's not real. Okay, yeah. Isabel May was the star of Run Hide Fight. She's now the star of 1883. And how we, do you was say just Taylor, Taylor, Taylor
5: Sheridan founder? it wasn't from kate and alexa on netflix right? right it was from run hide fight and you know look they they then go out there and poke at us a little bit by saying introducing isabel may on the 18- on 1883 trailers yeah. mm-hmm. and you know i spend a few minutes uh <laughs> calling her manager and you know giving him my piece but but the truth is is that uh you're right like is Isabel May, now Rainey Qualley, I mean she's going to explode, yeah, off of this. Uh, and so on and so forth. And you look at you it's know, also
1: worth noting that I don't know the politics of either no. of those two actresses. You know we're uh, we're doing we did a deal recently for the film that we're going to be introducing people to, uh, our, our sort of surprise trailer. I keep referencing it so it's not too much of a surprise. <laughs> uh, but we've acquired a film that we're going to release a month from today. And I doubt that anyone involved in making that film is a Ben Shapiro listener. Uh, But what they are is incredible talents. And what they are are people who are willing to make films that don't uh, cut against our audience, which is really all we're asking for. We're not saying make things that champion right-wing causes. We're saying make films that are for everyone and in particular don't cut against or insult uh, a conservative audience. Even that is you know, unheard of in Hollywood and, right and now. what
4: you said before about assaulting Captain America, taking away things right. that are naturally, and not right-wing, but just, a, you know, old-fashioned traditionalist and American. That's right. That—that That is their mission. And and so just not doing that is actually mission. Do you
0: think that there in Hollywood there's a core of people who want to make real movies that don't have all the woke
5: stuff, but they just don't have... That's a good question. Though. They don't have the, the mechanism to do it? Is that, does I'll, that exist? I'll, I'll go a step further there are people that call me, it's starting to become daily, right? Executives within the business, filmmakers, agents, managers, all kinds of different people just wanting to know what this is like for me. Mm -hmm. Because they, and they're not even conservative, they're just so sick Mm -hmm. of going through those implicit bias training sessions and having to act like they care and it, it's their it, it, their 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 heart and soul are just dying inside, and so they're they're starting to call. Uh, yeah. And I won't break any trust yet, but the, that number is going to grow, and the, the squad is going to going to expand.
1: True, I, I interviewed a writer yesterday, who is certainly a Democrat, not a leftist, but certainly uh, to the left of any of us. And willing to come write for us. Pitched us some stuff that was really good. And I said, you know, what what motivates you to do something like this? Obviously, you know, you're, you're not a perfect alignment fit uh, with us politically. And he said, well, I'll be honest. He said, I've been building my career. You know, I've worked my way through 250 episodes of scripted television. <laughs> starting as a producer's assistant. Uh, then, you know, becoming a, a script coordinator. Working my way up. I've had scripts produced on major shows. He said, and... Starting about 18 months ago, it was just over for me. Hmm. He said, you know, I, I've put in all this work to cultivate this skill. They gave a PA on my show. A PA is a production assistant, the lowest person on the set. Uh, it's an hourly wage job. Sometimes what a PA does, like the actual job, uh, is sit by that door and make sure no one comes <laughs> through it for 12 hours. And listen, you can't make movies without PAs. Yeah, yeah. It, Many people get their start as PAs. But it is the lowest job, in the hierarchy. He said they went to a PA on my show who was black, hmm. and gave him three episodes to direct. Wow! Didn't go to film school. Has never done. Has never actually contributed to an hour of television being made. They made him an actual director because Hollywood decided during the Black Lives Matters uh, riots, in particular, yep. that it is. They will not uh, grow more. You know, straight white men into these positions, and so there's a lot of those guys who've put in the work, they've put in the effort, and because they're in a disfavored uh, racial category at this moment, Hollywood just won't work with them. Yeah. And it's, it's horrible for everyone involved. If you're that PA, that's actually horrible. It seems like your dreams just came true, but what a terrible thing to one day know that your merit, even if you have merit. I mean, that PA may be the greatest filmmaker who ever lived if he got to put in the work and grow. But it isn't his merit that got him this opportunity. It's only the, the virtue signaling charity of also white guys in positions of power who don't want to leave. It's just like Biden saying, <laughs> I'm going to have a black female uh, just well, great, let's have a black female jurist on the Supreme Court if, she, if she's there because of merit. But if you've said from the outset that those are the only people who will be. Uh, even considered...
3: 94% of the country is
1: completely out of the running. That's right. Then you've actually said to the eventual nominee, even if you have merit, we all know why you really got the job. We all know why you really got the job. You know, it's funny. Working in Hollywood,
4: I noticed, I I couldn't help but notice that the black guys I worked with were either the very best. They had worked over all the prejudices and all that stuff. And they were great. You know, you just were thankful to be in the room with them or they sucked because they had been hired because of the color of their skin which is degrading to everybody it's just it, it's yeah. just degrading and now i know people who are having black writers attached and giving credit and black producers attached and b- giving credit on screen who aren't doing anything yeah and if that's not degrading to a person i don't know what it is okay.
1: That's our show for tonight. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the link below to get redirected to the world premiere of Shut In. If you happen to be watching on the Daily Wire, Roku, or Apple TV apps, or at dailywire.com, don't go anywhere. The film is about to begin. If you're listening to this on podcast right now, Well, you already missed it because it comes out as a podcast tomorrow. (laughs) But for a limited time, all of you can get 30% off with code SHUTIN to stream the movie and unlock our full content library. That's 30% off using promo code SHUTIN. That's only for this weekend. Thank you for tuning in. Now go grab your popcorn and settle in for the world premiere of Shut In. Daily Wire Backstage is produced by Mathis Glover. Executive producer is mate, Jeremy Boren. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Our production manager is Pavel Witowski. Studio and equipment management is by Patrick Kennedy. And broadcast engineering is by Mark Herman. Editing is by Jim Nickel. Audio is mixed by Mike Horamina. And our audio assistant is Israel McFarlane. Playback is operated by McKenna Waters. Daily Wire Backstage is a Daily Wire production.